0: He knows exactly what we need. In addition, I also need to become more focused, paying more attention on the fact that God has prepared. He has made ready things for me because I love him. I may miss the mark and come up short, but I love Jesus. I may say the wrong thing and may not handle things in the best way, but I love my Savior. And know what scripture says, all things are working together for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose.
1: You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Notice, if you will,
0: in the book of Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, reading to you the New King James Version Bible, which reads as follows. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. If you notice in the middle of that particular t- uh, verse 15, he makes this statement. As many as are mature. As many as are mature. Indicating that some would not be mature. Mature. So, but we want to make sure that we are mature. So, based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. A forward-minded church is mature-minded. A forward-minded church is mature-minded. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word today. And we pray that the word of God will continue to have free course. Father, your sheep, they come hungry and thirsty for your word. And, Father, help me to feed your sheep. Help, us, help me to feed your sheep knowledge and understanding. Father, we thank you, God, for the word you are prepared for of this, us this morning. And, Father, we continue to bind the enemy and cast them out. Thank you for your anointing and your power in this sanctuary this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. The term minded means to be inclined to think in a particular way. A person who is minded is ready, desiring, and willing to work, talk, and act in a particular way. To be forward-minded says I'm moving forward or onward as to make progress. In other words, my focus is is on my future. I'm looking for a fresh start, new perspective, and seeking to experience something I've never experienced before in a godly manner. I'm looking for bigger and better in me and in those around me. I want to be better. I believe that God has a plan for us as well as the things that he has for us according to his word. I believe in scriptures like Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. If you don't mind, turn there. And also scriptures like 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. See, one is familiar uh, from last Sunday. One was reminded this past week, as a forward-minded person, I must be ready, willing, and inclined to believe what God says about me. And also, I believe what he has for me. A forward-minded person understands, they discern, they accept, and they appreciate that God has a purpose and a plan for my life. One of the reasons, one, one fact I love about God, he has a plan for my life. And you know what? That plan is a lot better than my plan was. I had to ditch my plan. My plan really, you know, I thought I had a plan together. I figured by 30 years old, I'd be in retired and have a Lamborghini with a house on the beach. Well, (laughs) I need to understand in itself and appreciate the fact that God has a well-thought-out plan for me being on this earth. And to really change my thinking to be more focused on what is ahead of me rather than what is behind me, scriptures like Jeremiah 29 and 11 Must be a part of my DNA. Notice what it says. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. For I know the thoughts. See, he says, I know the plans. I know the purposes. And I know the intentions that I think, that I've considered, and that I am mindful toward you. Thought, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. See, this verse serves as a reminder that God is mindful of us, individually as well as corporally. He has a plan and a purpose for my life. And see, his plan and his purpose include thoughts of peace. He wants me to be content and healthy as well as prosperous and not of evil, nothing wicked, nothing twisted and misery. If those things not happen in my life, I got to look for the devil because I realize that's probably the devil on my trail And see, God's peace reassures me that despite the trials and troubles that may come around me, such as I may have to deal with sickness, may have to deal with disease, God has a plan and intention of peace, health, wealth, and contentment for my life. If you ever deal with sickness and you know how you go to the doctor and the doctor may give you a plan of how you're going to get healed, understand God's plan is a whole lot bigger and better than your doctor's plan. And God will actually use your doctor to be a part of his plan. You need to let that sink in for a moment. He will use the doctor to be a part of his plan. So, you know, you thank the doctor, but you give glory to God. You magnify God. You give God the glory. Because let me say this to you, without God, it may or may not work. He also plans to give me a future, a future an expectation, a progress, progressive development, and a hope, an expectation of a desire of a godly outcome. Hope says that God has given me something that I can look for, expect to receive, and that which I can be grounded in. And for me to make progress from my current mindset, to become more progressive in my thinking, I have to be confident that God has a plan and a purpose that he has created for me. He has a plan with your name on it. He got a plan with your DNA, with your social security number. He's got a plan for your life. And that plan is going to be a whole lot better than the plan you had described out when you got your vision board out there. It's going to be a whole lot better when you wrote down my 10 goals for 2023. It's going to be a whole lot better than that because God is a big God and knows you better than you know yourself. He knows exactly what we need. In addition, I also need to become more focused, paying more attention on the fact that God has prepared, he has made ready things for me because I love him. I may miss the mark and come up short, but I love Jesus. I may say the wrong thing and may not handle things in the best way, but I love my Savior. And know what scripture says, all things are working together for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. It's a personal thing. I have to love Jesus and share my love with others. Now, and also, if you don't mind, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. The Bible reads as follows. But as it is written, I have not. I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which god has prepared for those who love him i has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things the items the circumstances the stuff which god has prepared to make ready for those who love him our Savior, our Healer, our Redeemer has prepared things that I has not seen nor ear heard. And we have seen and heard a lot of different things. But the text reminds us that God is bigger and better than what we see or have seen. You know, sometimes it's just good to have a good a day of peace. You know, you ain't got no trouble. You ain't got nobody texting you, asking for nothing. You ever seen that day? Oh, yeah, so y'all need, y'all, some of y'all get too happy about that day. I don't know about that. You can just sit back and just watch TV and sit in the air and watch some of your favorite shows, catch up on shows, binge binge watch a favorite show. Why? Because God can prepare that day for you. Did he not give his disciples rest? If you are a follower of Jesus, you should expect rest every now and then. And that be the best rest you can get when God give you rest. You know, some of us feel guilty when we rest because we just used to working all the time. But every now and then, God will give you rest. This text reminds us God has a bigger and a better plan for each and every one of us. This verse helps me to become more progressive in my thinking. It helps me to know there's more to life than what I see or have seen. And God has prepared things for us, people for us, situation for us, resources for us, to help us to fulfill what he has called for us to do. And to really change my thinking, become more forward-minded, I have to remember, regardless of what I am dealing with, that God has a plan and a purpose for my life, which includes peace, prosperity, and expected outcome. What's expected outcome? That which lines up with the word of God. God has prepared things for me that eyes have not seen nor ears heard, simply because I love Jesus and of course, we have scriptures like Jeremiah 29 and 11 that reminds us of that. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you it says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And that's the promise that we find out from 1 Corinthians chapter two and verse nine. But it, as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love me. I love him for, how do I get them settled in me? I meditate on his word. I study his word. I understand and ponder what the scriptures are saying. I share them with others to the point that our faith as confidence gets stronger and stronger. I, I put reminders on my phone. Hey man, this is, this is what God says for my life. You read a scripture, just don't read a scripture and say, hey, this is what God has promised to me. It's what he promised to me. And God has a way of causing his word to come to pass in your life. You know, you could be messing up and God can still cause the promises of God to come to pass in your life. Oh, yes, he can, too. I, I've been there. I know. Thank God for his promises and his promises are yes and a man. The goal for us is to hear the word and apply what we hear. And because the Holy Spirit has been speaking to us that we need to be for a forward-minded church, I must change and do things that will keep me moving Forward, making greater making greater progress toward what God has for me in my finances, my marriage, my single life, my relationships, my work and ministry, and such like. We must continue or move, continue to move forward, and that's for I must continue to mature, no longer childish and unlearned. And become more progressive, proceeding step by step. Remember, Bishop really emphasized we need to go step by step in our thoughts, our conversations, and in our actions. Our topic today: a forward-minded church is mature-minded. Let's look at another scripture: First Corinthians chapter thirteen and verse eleven. First Corinthians chapter thirteen and verse eleven. When it comes to maturity, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church and he makes this statement, one that I believe is appropriate for where we're, the season that we're in. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I fought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So when I was a child, an immature Christian, untaught, I like the fact that Paul recognized the fact that he, yeah, you know what, I was immature, and I, I believe one of the signs of maturity is to realize that you were immature at one point in your life. You know, I, you know, when I got a little bit old in life, I remember and start getting in my thirties and forties and so forth. I, you know, I was like, man, I didn't know nothing in my twenties. I thought I did. You know, you think you your a teenager, you think you know some stuff? Well, whew, glory be to God. Well, life will teach you some lessons, won't it? Boy, I tell you, boy, life don't be playing The school of life, boy. But God gave us grace, and he helped us to get through. But notice what Paul said. When I was a child or an immature Christian or untaught, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I fought as a child. But when I became a man, adult, and mature, I put away childish things. Paul begins this verse with the word when and uses the term again to denote a moment in time. This moment in time, he was immature. And sometimes, let me say this too, you can be, naturally speaking, in your 40s, 50s, and 60s and still be immature. And then you also can be in your 20s and be more mature, spiritually speaking, than somebody in their 50s and 60s. You can have to be a teenager and be more mature than somebody in their 50s when it comes to the things of God. Because God's not limited by our natural age. He can mature you right where you are. He says, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, a, a mature adult, I put away. No, I, nobody cast the devil out, I put them away. I put them away. I put away childish things. Paul begins his verse with the word when and uses the term to note that this moment in time and based on the season we're in right now, we will have certain behaviors, behaviors that are appropriate for this particular season. See, Paul is clear on how we behave uh, when we behave and what happens when we become mature. There's two different two different things. Childlike behavior and immature behavior. Immature behavior shows itself in many different ways. We can be Christians who love God, but we can still have some childish and immature ways. Notice what Paul says in this particular text. Three immature behaviors that must be put away. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Notice one particular area, I spoke as a child. I taught, I shared my thoughts, but it was an immature manner. Mm, Boy, that that. That can almost speak by itself. Well, I'm going to keep moving though. I understood I was on the same mind, opinion, and views as a child. I also thought I considered and reasoned as a child. When I spoke, it came away childish. I may have said something that sounded profound, to some, but when it came to the eyes of God or the ears of God, it was childish. I understood I was on the same mind, opinion, and views as a child. You know, a childish person can look at their finances like, you know, God ain't doing nothing in my life. But a a mature person says, even though they may not have a 22 cents naturally, they say, God gonna supply the need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You can be challenging your body, and like I don't, I don't know if, if I can be here. I ever be healed again? But a, a, a mature person says, "By His stripes, I am healed. Sickness and disease has no place in my body." Oh, I thought or consider and reason as a child. And sometimes when you have thoughts, it just bombards your mind. But a mature person says, "This I'm casting down imagination and everything that is off itself against the knowledge of God." Difference between being childish and mature sometimes you got to say those scriptures over and over and over again until you become mature in your thinking see a childlike mindset can be positive in a certain way in ways that a child has a level of innocence naive and open to learning new things however in somewhat a negative sense a childlike mindset can be more self-centered self-seeking and sees life from a short-term view rather than a long-term view For example, our children who are under three and under, they see the world differently than those who are 13 and over. Then a 13 and over has a different view in life than those who are 30 and over. Whatever your age is, you understand there's different areas of thinking. The point is experience, responsibilities, and life will help us put away childish thinking, talking, and actions. Or at least it should anyway. If not, we may find ourselves stuck in a mindset of drifting back in old ways and thinking and acting in ways that are not appropriate for God. Week in and week out, we become more and more, we should become more and more like Christ. We should line up with his written and revealed word to help us mature, become more skilled and more progressive in the way we think, the way we talk, and the way we conduct our life. We believe in God's word. We believe that God's word is powerful. God's word is active, it's engaging, and it's ready for us to pursue after. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the faults and intents of the heart. For the word of God is living, it's fresh, it's strong, it's efficient, and it's powerful, it's active and operative, and sharpened in a two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and the zerner of the faults and the intents of the heart. See, God's word is effective. It's a s- successful in pro- producing a desired outcome. You know what he said. He says in Isaiah 55, verse 11. Let's go there. Let's go there. Isaiah 55, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return or come back to me void or empty or without effect, but it shall accomplish. It's going to produce. It's going to make what he pleases. And it's going to prosper. It's going to advance, going to make progress, and bring success in the thing which he sent it. And when I consistently receive knowledge and understanding from what that active and effective written and revealed word, maturity can take place. Maturity can take place. Coming to church is good, it's beneficial, but understanding that one of my primary purposes for coming to church is to gain more insight of God and His written and revealed Word. One great advantage that I have as a Christian is the opportunity to be a part of a local church and the university body of believers. See, in the church where I can is where I can learn how to be more Christ minded or what we refer to as being a Christian. Let's go to Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. Let me show you this particular church and how they matured in the word of God and the ways of God. Acts chapter 11 and verse 26. The Bible says this. And he's talking about let me go to 25 to give you just a little more context. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. I thought that was interesting because he found him, but yet he said, you know what, you need something deeper than me. You need something better than what I can give you. I'm going to bring you to Antioch. And so it was for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So when Saul went and he found Saul, excuse me, yes. When Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. But I want you to notice what happened when he got to Antioch. A whole year they assembled with the church. A whole year. And the indication is is that they learned the word of God for a whole year. I imagine it was some intense learning in that particular time. Can you imagine a whole year you just saying, hey, we're going to gather together and learn the word of God. We're going to get together. We're going to pray. We're going to get together and we're going to learn what what thus saith the Lord for a whole year. And there'll be no distractions, nothing that's going to keep us away. But for a whole year, we're going to make no excuses. We're going to be there for a whole year. And we're going to be learning the word of God. Can you imagine how your life would change if you would take that kind of intense approach for at least one year? One year. One year. One year. One year. year. You say, I'm not. Every day, I'm going to study scripture. Every day, I'm going to. Find out what God says in his word. Every day, I'm going to pray. Can you imagine how much better you will be if you did everything like that for one year? I remember listening to a story. Or excuse me, somebody asked Kobe Bryant one time, how'd you get so good? He he, he He said, you know what, when I was coming up, I wasn't that good. But he said, one thing I did for one whole year or two years or something like that, I practice every day for so many hours. So many hours. I practice every day. I mean, every day for so many hours. He said, while everybody else was inside doing what they wanted to do or going here or going there, I practice every day for, for about a year or two. And he said, You know how much better I became in that year? And, and then he started to build from that. I thought about this. If we would use that that same type of intensity like they did here at the church in Antioch for one year, and man, we just study scripture, we pray, and we seek the will of God for one year, you know how much better your life would be? I mean, how much better your life would be when it comes to the things of God? And you notice that when they did this for a whole year and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Not only did they, they did it for a year, they started to be Christ-like. They started to look more like Christ. They started to think more like Christ. They started to, be, uh, started to act more like Christ. Why? Because they were doing this for a whole year. They got all that other stuff out of the way. And see, you'll start to renew your mind with the word of God if you do this for a whole year. Some of us, we, we doing all right, and we don't spend. You know how much you pray in a week. You know how much you study in a week. You know how much you go into the word of God and do this, that, and the other. Can you imagine if you did every day like that? How much better your life was? How much knowledge of the scriptures you would have, how much you could quote, just like this church did here. And then they were called Christians and it was not. This is listen. Christians is not an organization. This is a lifestyle. This is a lifestyle. This is not. hey, you part of this particular church and they call Christians. Now, this is a person who is Christ like they are Christ like they're not just followers of, of Christ. They are. They do what he says or he t- what he tells them to do. They assembled together, and he taught. They, when they taught, they were still in doctrine. They were explaining and expounding on God's word, and they did this to a great many people. Notice the congregation. They did it to the whole congregation. It wasn't just a few people they did it to. They did it for everybody. Everybody had the opportunity to learn the word of God. And not, it was just, and listen, it wasn't they looked at one person and said, hey, that person Christ like. They were looking at a, a congregation that looked Christ like. They were looking at people who believed or were followers of Christ. And it was not just one person, but it was an entire congregation. They were Christ like. They looked like Christ. They looked like Christ. See, the church is an assembly of Christians gathering for worship and being taught knowledge and understanding. And, And the same thing should be happening each time we come together. Each time we come together, we should be learning more about Christ. We should be. Listen, when I leave, when you leave here, you should say, listen, I know Pastor Dallas was teaching, but this part was for me right here. And I'm taking this and I'm becoming more like Christ. I'm thinking more like him talking more like him acting more like him and so when I go back to my job when I go back to my business when I go back and deal with my children when I go back and deal with my family I'm gonna act more like Christ I, I don't I don't need nobody to tell me I need to, this is my lifestyle now listen I come on Wednesdays I look to act more like Christ I study throughout throughout the week I'm looking to become more like Christ and I'm not going to let anything stop me from this. I'm going to keep moving forward to be more like him. You know they had stuff to come up in that year's time. You, you know they had all kinds of stuff. Come, you know what come up in your life in a year's time. So you know they had all kinds of stuff to come up in that, in their, in their, uh, in that time together. But they made it up in their mind. I'm, gonna learn, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn what God has for me. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. They moved forward. They move forward. And once again, we see how teaching and explaining the scriptures help us to mature and become more Christ-minded. Remember, they was at one level, and now they're at a new level. Because why? They are more Christ-minded now. They were, you, I know they were learners and pupils of Christ, but now they'll spend a whole year in the word of God. Can you see how mature they ever Can you see? They probably, listen, they came out not knowing, they heard of John 3.16, but now they know John 3.16. They see scriptures now, and now they can break scriptures down because they learn how to break them down too. So you just don't come in here and listen to me. You learn how to break the scriptures down. You learn how to look up words and, and find out what do they really mean. Not just one definition, but several definitions. How is it appropriate for this circumstance that I'm dealing with right now? How do I do this? And you're learning this and you're becoming more Christ-like. And you're maturing in God's word and to change and transform how we think and so forth. Then you got scriptures like Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Our theme scripture, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We're becoming more Christ-like. We're becoming more Christ-like. And so when Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians church, I believe he had the same type of mindset in mind. Go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Let me show you something. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. Remember now, we're going to grow up. We're going to mature. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 1 says this. Remember, this is the letter, the scripture that we're going to be referring to in Philippians 3, 14, and 15, but I want to show you when Paul wrote this letter to the church, his mindset. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who were in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. I want you to notice something he wrote in there that that kind of stood out to me. He says, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints, To to all the saints, to the whole congregation, he wanted all of them to listen. Hey, this ain't just for the bishops and the deacons. This is for everybody in this particular church. You see how Antioch, the whole church, became Christ-minded. Now he said, "Hey, I'm writing this church to the church of Philippi. I want all them to take heed to what I'm about to tell them. I want all of them. I don't want some of them. I want all of them." Now I know we used to uh, we used to say this back in the day, and it still holds true today. How I many? It's all one hundred percent. That leaves absolutely nobody out. That means musicians, deacons, leaders. That means laity. That means mothers. That means singles. That means married. That means children. That means everybody. Everybody. He t- talking to all of us. So when we, you read this, you say, "Okay, now when I read this." I know he's talking about me talking to me now so let's go go back to philippians chapter three philippians chapter three we just want to start at verse 14 for clarity's sake and go down 14 i press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of god in christ jesus so paul said i press Toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. If anything you think otherwise, if it, it, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Now, of course, when we started this out, when Bishop started this out this past week in Philippians 3, 12 and 13, we know God sends such a word as He did this past week. He, had, he has a purpose. He got a plan. Remember Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know my purpose for you. I know my intent for you. So when we have something like that, we know God's intentional and we want to remain in this particular vein—a forward-minded church. So Philippians 3, 12 and 13, not that I I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. For Bishop broke that down this past week. You need to go back and listen to that, those, that message and it will really bless your life. But I want to bring up one thing to you that's really important. You got to learn how to forget those things which are behind. One thing I've learned, some memories just don't go away because you tell them to go away. You got to learn how to put some things behind you. Now some things I forget. I ain't going to lie to you. You asked me what I did Tuesday at 4 o'clock. I was like, huh? What did I do? Some people ask me what you did yesterday at a certain time, and I have to think, what did I do yesterday at a certain time? But there's some memories that get into you that you got to learn how to forget. They're just not easy to put away. And you got to learn how to do this. You got to learn how to do this. And I say, well, Pastor, will it go away automatically? Some memories will, some memories won't. But we got to follow Paul's Advice to this particular church, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are here. We got to be a forward-minded church. Forward-minded. And I like the fact that Paul acknowledged his imperfections. You know what? None of us in here. Nobody in here is perfect but we're striving to be perfect. We're striving. We're striving to be perfect. He acknowledged that he has not made it yet, and he's determined to press on and being forward-minded. In verse 13, he goes on to say, I realize I have not made it, but he left us with two life-changing truths that will cause us to be forward-minded individually as well as corporately. Remember, Paul is writing this letter to the entire congregation. He wants everybody to. So in turn, we can move what? Forward. Forgetting those things which are behind, one. And number two, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So we pick up in verse 14 and 15. I must be intentional forgetting those pasts and reaching for the future. And as humans, especially believers, I must learn how to forget the things in the past. See, forget means to put out of my mind. I must cease to think about certain people's situation and such like. Forget is synonymous with disregard, ignore, neglect, and overlook things and people who will try to distract or derail us from going forward. And many of us can agree that we have things in our past and some of us have many things in our present that we need to forget. And before I go to that, I thought about this particular example. If, if this is my past, it's hard for me to go forward trying to hold on to my past. And I'm been to of this, y'all. I wonder why I ain't going forward. This is why. The devil not making me hold my past. It's me up here holding my past right here. Holding on to it. I mean, I'm holding tight, too. If, 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 I, if I can show y'all how tight I'm holding right now. Just holding. I'm talking about, I'm going forward, y'all. I'm going forward. But I'm too, so busy holding on to my past. Holding on to unforgiveness. Holding on to past hurts. Holding on to the way my high school teacher talked about me. Holding on to the way my old boyfriend, old girlfriend did me. Holding on to family hurts. Holding on to what I did to myself. Holding on instead of forgetting those things which are behind. Let me say this to you. I don't know, but God knows, and you know, you messed up. Ask God to forgive you and move forward. Paul made a statement that, that that literally blew my mind. Paul said, I have wronged no man. I said, Paul, you wronged no man? When Paul came into the church, he was killing Christians. Got the nerve to write down in scripture. I wrong no man. i like, Paul, come on now, man. Hey, you killed my uncle. What you mean? You killed my, my favorite cousin, my play play cousin. And hey, you wrong no man? He wasn't just killing anybody, he was killing people in the church. And then he wrote that scripture like, I wrong no man. I said, Paul, what, what you mean? He's putting that scripture in, in the place. Forgetting those things which are what? Behind. Boy, that'll mess you up right there, water. Yeah, I know you got drunk. Yeah, I know you lied. Yeah, I know you cheated. Forgetting those things. Because if you don't let, forget what people did to you, you treat the, fruit, the next person. That's why the Bible says you gotta be led by the Holy Spirit. Because in that book, he's like, that, that, that look like the, the same thing that person did to me before. And I, I, I ain't going to let nobody do it like they did before because I tell you, I, you, you, start, you start going there, boy, you, you, and then your voice change, and then you start getting the attitude. I'm sorry, that's me. I'm sorry. Let me get, let me get back. <laughs> Whoa. What was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> that's why you got to forget those things. Paul said you got to forget those things. And then you got to reach for. Remember, he was talking to all of them at Philippi. He wasn't just talking to the bishops and the deacons or the pastors and the ministers and the leaders. He was talking to the entire congregation. He said, this entire congregation, we got to reach for. Notice he said, I do it. But remember 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So, if I'm reaching forward, you need to reach forward as well. And let me say this to you when you do it, your life going to be better. And then he goes on in Philippians 3 and 15. Now, he said, I'm telling you to reach forward, but you got to. Only mature people are going to be able to do it. Notice how he says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, complete, having been taught, have this mind. This thinking, this opinion, this understanding—I gotta have that thinking that God wants me to have here. Because if not, I start acting like these folks. Then I'm holding on to. Now, excuse me. Did I, I'm gonna say I used to hold on to. I, I gotta let these folks go. I gotta let this past go. You know, Bishop, Ross something I thought was just so profound when he said this. I'm—I'll give him credit at least this week, y'all. Y'all know about two or three weeks gonna be my revelation. Even the things you do that are good. You can't get caught with them neither. Because if you start getting caught up with them, you'll say, hey, it's going to be just like this right here. Because this was good, it's going to be good too. And it may not be the same thing. Only thing that don't change is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Your circumstance change. People change. Things around you change, but he is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But everything else is going to be different. And so he says this therefore, let us, as many as are mature, mature. Knows we got to mature, we got to grow up, we got to forget those things in the past, we got to take off that immature behavior and have the mind of Christ. See, mature-minded folks have been taught knowledge and understanding of God's word and have a different way of looking at situations. situation. One thing I thought about, sometimes people get mad at you because you let the old stuff go away. they said, well, don't you remember when so-and-so? And And don't you remember when you used to so-and-so-and-so? And you're like, well, that's the old me. That was the old me. If anybody is in Christ, he is a new creation. Does he not say old, old, old things have what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. Old things have passed away. Perishing. Going away. Yeah, you might got some video evidence of me doing this, that, and the other. But it's, I passed away. I'm not that old creature. I don't think, talk, and act like that anymore. I'm acting and thinking more like Christ. Remember, he, he wrote this letter to the entire church at Philippi. And he's also writing it to us here at OCC. That we, as a church, We got to be forward-minded. We got to let that old stuff go. And let me say this to you. There's probably not one person in the sanctuary don't have to let something from the past go. I may may not hear it. I may not hear exactly what you got to let go. There's something in in your mind. You got to. You got to. Oh, gosh. The way they did me. You got to let that go. And let me say this to you. They may not never come and apologize to you. They may not never come back and tell you, I'm sorry for what I did to you. But you still got to let it go. I got quiet right there. But I know that's tough right there. Because some people waiting for an apology for somebody who did you wrong. And they may not never come. They may not never come and acknowledge that they did you wrong. But God loves you enough. Let me say this. You forgive them and let it go. And let it go. And that to me is another sign of a mature Christian. Got to have this mind, this thinking, opinion, understanding. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal. He's going to uncover. He's going to make known even this to you. He wants us to be a forward-minded Christian. But in order to be forward-minded, one thing lesson we got to learn, we got to let some things go so we can move forward. We can move forward. And, and, And I acknowledge, yes, you were done wrong. I understand that. You were done wrong. If I did you wrong, please forgive me. Please have mercy upon my soul. But let's, let's, let's put it under the blood and move forward. Somebody in the church did me wrong. Pastor. You don't understand. I, I, this is my last Sunday. No, just put it under the blood and move forward. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. We must all strive, make a great effort daily to be mature-minded Christians who are determined to move forward.
1: A forward-minded church is mature-minded. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the give button to give online, or you can utilize text to give. Text give to the number seven seven zero six nine two 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 five. That's seven seven zero. 692-222-5. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.